You're listening to Around Comics, episode 169. Listening to Around Comics. You already heard that part, but uh, hey, this is Sal, and uh, this is episode 169, and it's the round table. And we are joined by Mr. Christopher Neesman. It's more of a rectangle. Whatever. And Scotty Young. What's up? And Tom Caters is gone. But here in spirit. Yeah, yeah. what is Tom doing? Uh, filing taxes. Oh, that's right. It's poor accountant. Already tax season. Tax season again. Poor bastard. Uh, we're going to do things a little bit uh, wonky tonight. Uh, obviously, already it's a little wonky because I'm uh, doing the introductions, and that's retarded. But I threw that, I threw that right on <clears throat> right right before we started. Yeah, thanks. Uh, and and we're going to do uh, the top of the stack stuff, and then I don't know what else we're going to do yet, but we got some different ideas for today's episode. So uh, I'm ready to talk '70s movies again. I got a lot of TV. I watched a lot of TV this week, but, and movies, and I read some stuff. Watch a whole season of The Wire. Did, oh, yeah, season Which four. Right? Season four. Oh, wasn't it good? Awesome. We'll get all into that later. All right. Well, uh, before we go too much further, let's remind everyone that this episode is sponsored by InStockTrades.com. Yes, and InStockTrades.com is offering this month's reading selection for the club, the originals to Around Comics listeners, for an amazing 35% off the cover price. Get your copy today for only $11.69 for the soft cover or $16.22 for the hardcover, which I read on the way to work today, which is, it was darn good. How you long can, of a ride did you have? It was a long ride on the blue line today. Uh, check out the Eisner Award-winning graphic novel by Dave Gibbons, and then listen to our discussion in early February as we talk about that and Sal's other picks, which your uh, CD is uh, The Misfits. Static Age. And your movie is SLC Punk. Yes. Which coming from Netflix with me uh, next week. InStockTrades.com offers a huge selection of the collected editions you need. InStockTrades.com is your source for trade paperbacks, deluxe hardcovers, essentials, showcases, archives, absolute editions, omnibus editions, and more. All at great discounted prices. And remember that all orders over $50 ship for free. And we'd like to remind everybody that Around Comics is recorded every Friday night at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles, located at 4835 Northwestern Avenue in Chicago. If you're in the area, please drop by. We would love to meet you. I don't think anybody's coming by tonight. It's fucking cold. Everybody's doors are frozen yeah. solid. It's, it's cold very, out. Very cold tonight. Um, all right. Well, that's pretty much uh, the intro. No mm-hmm. uh, no witty banter. No uh, fucking around. Let's just get to it. Let's do it. It's very streamlined. It's, Tom, uh, Tom will be so proud of us. It's time for Top of the Stack. Top. Top of the stack. That's right, it's Top of the Stack. (laughs) Our chance to tell you, the listeners, what What we, the panel, have been reading. Tom! Oh, he's not here. Tom's not here. Tom's not here. Chris, why don't you start us off with Top of the Stack? What was your Top of the Stack? You know, and, you know, I brought one comic. (laughs) Thank you. One comic. I had a long conversation with Chris. Uh, this week about it's it's top of the stack. It's not the stack. Yeah. So the top of my stack 
this week is actually one that is um, came out last month, but I caught up and read the second issue, which I'm not going to talk about. But uh, um, Resurrection by Mark Guggenheim and uh, David Dumere. And Mark Guggenheim, you may know, uh, worked on uh, Wolverine with Humberto Ramos. He's uh, also one of the uh, the three writers that is working on Amazing Spider-Man now. But right. this is from Oni Press, and it is uh, kind of a, a post-apocalyptic post-apocalyptic look and he calls it uh, his uh, What Happens Next book. If you can imagine War of the Worlds. The day after. after. Well, not the day after. This is ten years after. Oh. This is this is after the alien uh, invasion. After the invasion is done and the aliens have mysteriously left. What happens after the invasion is over? And if you can uh, kind of imagine um, The Walking Dead kind of uh, the, you know, that is all about what happens after the zombie outbreak and, right. and following those characters. Very similar to that, but it's also, I think, a lot like Why the Last Man are the two books that I probably compare it to the most in that you have a group of characters, actually several groups of characters, that are trying to figure out how to go on with their lives in this very changed world, but where Walking Dead is that it's one group of people and you follow that group and see how they interact with each other and grow and change and die sometimes. This has kind of like Why the Last Man where there are several different groups and you already kind of have the feeling that that these storylines are going to overlap and, yeah, and, yeah. and arc I together. Do. You've got a group in... in uh, what is it? Weather Mountain. That's uh, the um, uh, where the NORAD. NORAD. Yeah, exactly. Okay. They've been held up there for ten years. So you have kind of the the very last remains of of the government and and what they're doing. Then you have a, a woman that is is trying to get back to her home, and she finds a companion along the way. They run into more people. So you have all these different groups of people that are trying to make their way through this world, and and it's uh, it's interesting. It's, yeah. It sounds like a uh, series that came out from Boom. Not too long ago, uh, a miniseries called Second Wave, yes. which was kind of the same. Mm-hmm. It was like after the World of Worlds. Basically, that's what I think the, the whole thing was supposed to be mm-hmm. after World of the Worlds. But then sort of there was a second wave of invasion after that. So different in yeah. that regard. And, and, I, and I, I don't think that is – I think the threat of that is looming. <clears throat> and, of course, people are worried about, you know, are they really gone? Right. You get, uh, they call these aliens bugs. And they're – you know, you, you get to – that's another one of the storylines so is that bugs. there is a bug, which is just a big kind of wanky alien. And, and his handler, quote, unquote, that uh, uh, I guess he was here before the invasion because apparently he's been on the planet for 25 years. And they've been trying captured, and they've been trying to get information out of him. And he's obviously knows a lot more than he's letting on. So it's going to be interesting to see how how he and the person that he's with what they what they do in the story. And yeah, it's uh it, it's got a lot of promise. And Mark Guggenheim has already shown. Uh, some serious writing chops. It's nice to see him outside of Marvel and doing some some independent creator own stuff. And um, as far as the artwork, once again, if you're uh, if you're a Walking Dead fan, I think that uh, I think that it translates pretty well. It's uh, David Dumere, um, black and white, yeah, grayscaled. Yep, exactly. Very very Walking Dead ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, I would I would compare it favorably to to Charlie Aldred. Is that who does yeah. uh, Walking Dead these days? So yeah, so uh, Resurrection. It's on the the second. Issue. I, I read it this week. Uh, it picks right up. Enjoyed it. So, if uh, if you see that at your local comic shop, you like The Walking Dead, why, like Why the Last Man, 
Um, all that post-apocalyptic stuff could be a book for why, you. It's, it's Why the Last Walking Dead. Why the Last Walking Dead. Okay. All right. Well, uh, Scotty, did you have any anything you read this week that you liked? Yeah, I read half of basically the first arc of Punisher Max. Oh. The hardcover. So basically half the half of the first hardcover. Okay, so the first arc of Kitchen Kitchen Irish. That's the the second. That's the second one? Yeah, I just started that, but I finished the first arc. Did you like it? It was good. Yeah, it was was good. Um, It was refreshing to read that from him after reading Preacher. You know, like it it seems like there's, like he's telling a story, you know, (laughs) and not just being crazy. Yeah. It's like, well, it's like a story that he can tell and be crazy, but it... The Punisher's already done a lot of the work for him, so he doesn't have to. There's none of him. He's not trying to link nutty scenes together. Yeah, really. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, I'm interested to see where the rest of the series goes. You know, once I'm getting into it, but uh, it's a strong first little arc. You know, just kind of highlighting the Punisher, and it was fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I felt the same way about that because I, I like Preacher, but that was one of the few Garth Ennis stuff that I ever really enjoyed because. I just felt he's so over the top all the time, mm-hmm. and I never really got you know, either sexually or yeah. weird or violent. It was just um, always pushing gratuitous. things. Yeah. It was yeah, always gratuitous. Sure. It wasn't. It wasn't to serve the story. It was always yeah. just like just to be, ah, how I think we I should have a right. scene of an angel and a demon screwing. Yeah, you know, was, and uh, but Punisher Max, I felt like you said, he kind of toned it down and, and he's telling a story of yeah. I mean, a, a, a nicely paced plot. I mean, so much so that you know, in four issues, the Punisher sitting in a interrogation room you know have most <laughs> of this most of the arc and you don't mind because right. it's a nice paced story and there's you know you, you're getting into it i mean there's still like there's still the one character the female cia person or whatever that's still like you know i wonder if he has a big dick oh yeah i want to hear his voice it makes me so wet right that like, just kind of and that's it. when you're like you know fucking need to do that you're a oh you're a good writer yeah you yeah, well, I mean? that's the frustrating thing. You just—you were a good writer. That's, just fucking right. Right. Yeah, that's the frustrating thing about Ennis because you can see, you see that he's a good yeah. writer, but it's like he, for whatever reason, he actually he has gets to it feel... in his own way. Yeah. For me, like, it's like it's like get out of your comfort zone. You don't have to. You don't have. You don't to have do to that. shock anyone. Yeah. You don't have. No, to... No, it's that I always feel like he he will start off in his comfort zone by writing good, and then he feels like. Well, maybe people won't like me if I don't if, if I give them blood and good. It's like, yeah, it's, like, <laughs> it's like Kevin Smith syndrome, right? Where it's like, right. like, oh, if I write just a good movie, people might not like it. Yeah, it's donkey like, show, <laughs> suck the dick of a donkey. I'm so crazy right. and edgy. Yeah, yeah. Well, Punisher Max has been one of those books. I think I I can say consistently good yeah. from issue one to to what's going on now and. Uh, you know, with uh, Barracuda as a character, and that, he definitely uh, has his crazy moments, and, sure. and there's you know, especially sure. with Barracuda. Barracuda's totally over the top. Yeah, completely but I'm, but I'm over the top. Barracuda and not don't talk yeah. about that yet because I'm not. No, there. no, no, no. I, mean, I wasn't going to give it. I'm just saying he definitely has moments where you know, there's stuff oh, that's course. very Garth Ennis yeah. like. But overall, I think it's been a really good series. Yeah, and he's, and he's ending it. Yeah, he's wrap, wrapping up on that. So uh, I'll be I'll be sad. It's one that uh, whenever it comes out, uh, I. I I always kind of forget that it's coming out, but whenever it, it drops and I get it in my pull box, I'm always excited, and it's usually the first thing I go home and read. Yeah, it's a good book. It's another book that I, again, I almost, it's after reading it through in in the hardcover, 
it's weird. It, it it's hard for me to understand who could read it in a single. Issue issue. Yeah, because it's really written as a big I, story. I, I it's like a TV show, though. Issue. Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, he. You can tell that it ends in, <laughs> at the end of each issue, but I mean, it's really decompressed stuff. Well, there's definitely been times where I've had to go back and read, wow. you know, the previous issue. But now I'm ordering all the hard covers, and yeah. I'm stopping my single issue. Sickness, yeah, as I like to call it. I still like it in the single issues. It's, <laughs> I can't do it. One day, I'd like to see them do a uh, uh, Punisher Max omnibus at one point. I don't I don't like know. omnibuses. You don't? Yeah, they're you too big. Too much. Them and read yeah. them. Yeah, just too fucking big. <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's at a point. I where, like them though. I just there's something about you just like putting you, them on your shelf. I do. What's I do. Uh, what's but the, I do read them too. But I, I like I don't lay in bed and read them. Yeah, I have See, like that's a, where I read. I have like a reading like stand. A Bible holder. <laughs> yeah. that I, I yeah. but I can sit on the couch and I pull it up to me and I'm no, able to man. read it. And, what's the uh, what's the last speaking of omnibuses? Didn't they uh, just announce the the new Bendis Daredevil omnibus? Oh, are they doing, doing yeah, the Bendis Yeah, it's going to be, uh, be the entire Bendis run on oh, Daredevil. See, the, the only thing that I'm... <sighs> now, see, I'll take an omnibus like um, uh, Alias. They put That's that complete. on this. Yeah, but they didn't do the oversized. Oh, it's it still, wasn't. It was... It's still book size. I can deal with that like better. Oversized. I like the artwork for oversized, but it is not. It, you don't read that. Who the fuck reads a tablet? It's a, I feel like fucking Moses walking around talking well, about. Well, you like reading in bed yeah. when you're. Oh, I like reading in reading spots. I had, I had my I had my League of Extraordinary Gentlemen um, or uh, absolutely that I did. I felt like yeah. Moses. Yeah, coming They're down huge. with the fucking commandments. They look awesome though. I don't know. They you, hurt my wrist. They do yeah, hurt my wrist. Tunnel. <laughs> yeah, the Holding thing is, the goddamn thing up. Thing is, I can't, I can't hide them. They're so big. And usually, the question I get whenever I pull it out, I'm sitting on the couch reading, is uh, you know, from over my shoulder. How much did that cost? Yeah, I'll take like like, I said, like the alias omnibuses. Like if it's if it's regular size, I'll take that all day. Uh, I don't mind it to be collected. Well, it was, it no. was the same size as the other omnibuses, wasn't it? I don't know. I don't. I mean, it was. If you can find it anymore, alias. Yeah, it's, I think it, I think it's slightly oversized. No, Probably like much. this. Yeah, yeah, I mean like that. I mean because yeah, the omnibus omnibus are huge. Yeah. I mean they're that's what I'm saying. It's not like the Invincible size. and right, right. Sandman. Yeah. Well, yeah, the absolute. absolute. It's, it's, they're yeah, yeah. probably oversized, but they're not. Yeah, like, this like is the, a slightly, slightly oversized. The, the, the Marvel's uh, premiere edition, which mm-hmm. leads me to my top of the stack, mm-hmm. which is the hardcover Marvel premiere edition of X Factor Madrux, multiple choice. This was the. I should take this toothpick out of my mouth. Sorry. Uh, chewing on a. You Australian... haven't mastered the talking. With the I'm pick. not quite hillbilly enough. I'm not. Nah, man. You got to get down on this a little bit. I haven't been smoking, though. That, so. Was that always called X Factor Madrix? No, it was just okay. called Madrix. Okay. Um, initially, when it came out, as a five issue miniseries from Peter David. Um, and it's basically a, a noir esque uh, detective story with Jamie Madrix. He, uh, he has sent out uh, a bunch of his. Uh, Replicants or whatever you want to call them, his multiples, his multiples out in the world to learn things. Uh, because if they learn it and then he absorbs them back in, he learns everything. So he sends them all out. That's sort of the back mat, back story of this uh, this story. He had sent a bunch of people out to do different things, and they all kind of have their own personalities. Whenever that was one of the things Peter David kind of created, recreated. Mm-hmm. For Jamie Madrix was that whenever he made a, a multiple a duplicate of himself, they would have slight variations in attitude. They would be more singular in their attitude. Like every one of them would have a part of him, but it would be more focused. It's not like he's duplicating himself. He's actually taking a part of himself. Yeah, he's there. like this one would be like the asshole Jamie Madrox. You know, it's like that's like multiplicity starring Michael Keaton. 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly, yeah. Very much like that. Well, but that was different because nice it was reference. like the copies were degrad. You know, they they right. they they were getting worse right. and worse quality, and, right. and like the last one was like, oh, you yeah. know, couldn't even talk, yeah. which was a funny concept. That was funny. Yeah. But uh, so he has sent a bunch of them out, and one of them uh, ends up getting murdered. And so now it's pretty much a classic detective story of he's got to go find out who murdered who killed himself who killed him yeah. yeah and but the interesting part is that when he goes and 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 gets into it people like think it's him that you know the, the one that was killed even though he hadn't been there and that kind of stuff so um it was it was to me it was just a good you know it's just, it, it's a really basic story I mean, a basic detective story but it was a good re-examination of Jamie Madrox and it made him a cool character um, and it set up the whole X Factor series that Peter David's been been doing since then. Um, and it's, I mean, it's just a good, solid story. Uh, the art is by uh, Pablo Ramondi. I I, uh, I don't know what else he's worked on, but um, uh, you know, it's it's, uh, it's good. I, I, I'm not crazy about the art, but I liked it. Uh, it fit the story tone. I thought pretty well. It's very shadowy, very dark. Um, it also uh, there's other characters that that um, he introduces um, or reintroduces like Rain uh, from the from the new X Men and uh, and different characters that then go on to be in X Factor. Um, but most of the story, the bulk of the story, is pretty much just Jamie. Yeah, it's, all, it's almost can and, be a, a, a prelude to X Factor. Yeah, I mean, it really was. I mean, it led right into X Factor. Um, but this one really concentrated just on Jamie and this and this mystery of him trying to figure out who killed him. Um, which in in and of itself is a pretty pretty cool little idea. So um, yeah, that's it. I mean, it was just really good, real good, solid detective. Fun, you know, funny and like I said, it it took a character that was sort of a B list character and made him cool. And, and and I thought that from that to you know what he was doing in X Factor, X Factor was to me the best X book out because it wasn't like an X book. It no. was just happened to be these characters. It was that a were good. Mutants. It was a good team book. That yeah, yeah they were just mutants. And uh, he, it, poor Peter David. It seems like everything he starts working on these days ends up just getting the heart ripped out of it by an event. Yeah. Well, you know, actually, though, the whole event thing. It, it's worked. It's worked. In, in I haven't X read Factor. Messiah Complex. Um, so. well, Messiah Complex has been probably the best event next yeah, to Green Lantern, mm-hmm. Sinestro Corps. Uh, and the reason is because they didn't write it like a bunch because it's all it's through all the X books. So you have X Men, New X Men, X Factor, Uncanny, Astonishing, all of them, and it's chapter by chapter by chapter. But they just wrote it as one big story. So um, you know, it's like you go from one book to the next, and it just picks right up where it left off in the last one. The voice was very consistent throughout the whole thing. Um, it felt very much like a classic sort of you know Claremont. Uh, X Men story, except not nearly as melodramatic. A little less soap opera. Yeah, a little less soap opera and and more today. And uh, you know, and it, it it had a little bit more development of character, especially like Cyclops was really being used well. And and um, he, he it, was finally the leader of yeah, the team. Yeah, finally the leader, a uh, real leader <laughs> of the team. And and uh, it was kind of a mystery. And you had stuff going on. You didn't know, you know, different not shocking things, but like oh wow, you know that kind of stuff. That that went out through it, and and overall, I thought it was really good. I'm looking forward to the final issue of it. Nobody um, probably draws any of the characters as good as me, though, huh? Well, Pacello is doing the. Is he doing the kids? He was doing. He did the. He did because uh, he's doing X Men, and that's the interesting thing. All the characters are in all the books. Yeah. So it's not like what you does read... his version of my designs look like? Is it sweet? 
It's pretty nice. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Uh, oh, that's exciting good, to me, man. Not, that's cool. I, th- I still like yours, I think, better. Which, look uh, up, p- look, yeah. pick up the last X-Men, yeah. and you'll be, see him in there, I think. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with X-Factor after the big X shake up here and and how yeah how the I, titles I mean the only and, thing we know at this point for sure is x-force mm-hmm. which is the wetworks uh is that pacello yeah yeah because it sounds like they're really reworking the entire x line yeah. and and so it'll just be uh, it'll be interesting to see if peter david stays on x-factor if that book kind of continues in the same vein yeah i don't, I don't, I don't know, know what's, what's going to happen to the, you I, I did see this page before <laughs> Yeah, he's got the kids. Well, that was the cool thing too is is that all the all the characters have been like in every issue almost. And they've been used well and like I said it's been very consistent voice, a very de- you know, pretty easy to follow story. Mm-hmm. You weren't getting lost because it was just like from one book to the next. Has Yost been on the on the writing teams at all? Yeah, I believe okay. so. Yeah. He's the main writer. Yeah. Okay. On New X-Men. Okay. There, I think all the writers are still are the same together. writers. Yeah. yeah, it's the same writers on but all they, the but books. But they, they all have a pretty clear path on where but they're Bacello's going. Pixie's not as cool as mine. <laughs> True enough. Uh, only because... No, you're right. You're I mean, right. I love Bacello more than anything, but my... Uh, Pixie's like like 13 years old. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, his rock slide's pretty... His rock slide's pretty Pretty bad. And his uh, Anoli is pretty good too. Yeah, I, I've only seen like a really little quick shot of Anoli. <laughs> I think near the end, there's a there's is a there's, there's a one? better one. Yeah, his yeah his pixie looks a little too old. Uh, <laughs> his X twenty three at least doesn't look like she's a twenty seven no, year old X. supermodel. Yeah, well, he drew her like a version of her in the Age of Apocalypse as well, like a similar version of her. Yeah, oh, so okay. I think he already had drawn her a little bit. It is re- like that is. It's pretty cool to me to have to see Bacello, my perversions yeah. drawn by my favorite artist. Right, right, you know, right. Like that's pretty flattering. Uh, but you know what? I mean, it's not that shocking either because I, when I redesigned their costume, well, I guess not. I thought it was. In I there. went back to their gener- to the Generation X. I mean, it was really <laughs> right, just, right, right. It was a lot of succession where I mean, you had uh, uh, Sinkevich who did New Mutants and that costume, and then. Uh, Chris did his version of Sinkevich for Generation X, and then I did right. my version of the both of them. Now, he, now he's doing. And now he's. Now you just need Sinkevich. Yeah. You just need Sin- and Sinkevich. Now Sinkevich has to come. <laughs> yeah, back. you got to get Sinkevich to come back. Back and, down the line. <laughs> that'd be kind of. It's wild. pretty. It is. It's very flattering. Though it's Which, exciting. Well, you're part of the X. Yeah. Uh, I'm huge. Mythos now, <laughs> man. Yeah. You are. You're you missing a stamp on. I miss it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was. I am going to be. Well, I probably shouldn't say it. I'm going to be writing a, like a little eight-page, writing and drawing a little eight-page story for a, for an X-Men annual that folk that will be one of the new X-Men characters. Oh, cool! Nice. So you do get and you, I, you're and writing I that, and drawing it. Mm-hmm. I got a list of characters to choose from on who I wanted to do, and we're talking about like all the main X characters. Oh, really? Like, and you picked the new X? most of the most of you know the gambits and the sunfires and the. So wow. how does it feel to work on your first Wolverine story? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I picked it out of the whole list. I picked hmm, a new X Men character. I'm gonna have to try and guess later to see. Who I because I said you know what, he's mine. Oh, he. Oh, you just oh, cut it in oh, half. Oh, oh. No, no, I know. I think I know her anyway. I think I'll, but, I'll yeah, guess. Yeah, so, the speculation begin. So I'm excited about that. Cool. Cool. All right. And you're working on the. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, the X-Men uh, Wizard of Oz book that's coming out. <laughs> <The what? laughs> you didn't see that on our forum? Uh-huh. Somebody, uh, there's a, 
um, see, an interview with CB yeah. about his, you know, his how he fairy, does the yeah, wonder, fairy yeah, yeah, fairy tales, and he's doing. They they were it's talking Spider-Man, about. Isn't it? Or well, Avengers. they were talking about they're doing an X Men Wizard of Oz, and somebody posted on our forum because he wouldn't say who the artist was. He's like, we think we have somebody lined up, right. but we can't name, we can't say who right. it is yet. And uh, and then somebody on the forum came out and was like, oh, I bet you it's Scotty because he knows CB and he loves Wizard of Oz, that kind of stuff. No, and no I'm not doing the <laughs> I'm not doing the X Men Wizard of Oz. I'm sorry. Actually, CB's CB's uh, fairy tales yeah. books were yeah. pretty good. Oh, Yo, yeah. he's still doing them. I mean, there's mm-hmm. right now what the Avengers one's going on now or the Spider Man yeah. one think, or both. I think it might be both. Yeah. And then he's doing these this X Men one and right. and I think he's doing another one too. That's so CB. No, they're okay. fun. They're 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 kind of cool, but yeah, I just thought that was funny. Though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that I think will end uh, top of the stack. Quick, a quick little top of the stack for y'all. For y'all. Y'all. I'm trying to get more hillbilly with my toothpick. Toothpick. Y'all. I quit smoking again. I'm twelve days. Twelve. I'm uh, six. Twelve. Six days straight. In. So six without. I haven't haven't Good even job, sniffed Sal. one. Haven't That's uh, top of the stack. Now, what are we going to talk about? Oh, um, I had a couple of things. I want to try something a little different today with the show. I wanted to throw a couple of things out to the panel and see what you guys Ooh. thought. Sort of uh, spring these these hot topics out on you guys. Crazy. That's some uh, raw steaks he's going to throw to the middle of the table. Yeah. Uh, the first thing was... What I thought was interesting was um, that book from Boom Studios, uh, Northwind. They had Boom had originally uh, put it online mm-hmm. as well. You know, the same day that they put it out for publishing, it published it and released it the same day, and it was online. And a lot of retailers, some retailers that were complaining about it and everything, and then the the thing ended up selling out at Diamond. And now they're they're they announced that there's a second printing of it. Um, and people are like, oh well, it sold out. <laughs> But once again, we don't know. It was yeah. delivered successfully. But it delivered successfully yeah. to the. the but, re- but apparently, once it was delivered successfully, they sold enough that it's going to demand a second printing. No, there's no way of telling that. Yeah, I mean, if Diamond says something sold out, then the companies go. Diamond has no more copies. We'll print more. That could also bite them in the ass. I mean, they could end up sitting on a stack of reprints that don't they because don't, there they was don't get no way to know if the action, there was a sell through. Right. You know, what I, mean? I mean, that's un. We we're functioning within a system that has no way of knowing. So they'll do a reprint without really any type of reorder or people. You know, like Diamond can't tell stores we're trying to order more or anything like that. Well, Diamond could tell if stores are going to order more, but I mean, we're talking about a book that just came out, right? right. So the initial print run was probably so low. I mean, that's the other thing. Yeah, it's who knows not like many? when you hear these sellout <laughs> things. I mean. Seriously, maybe 3,000, 4,000 copies mm-hmm. made it to stores. Right. That could, be a, that could be conceived as a sellout. 
I mean, I could go to Kinko's right now and print 10 copies of something. And if I bring it over here to Mark, I can officially get online and say, I sold <laughs> I out. sold out of my... I'm doing a second printing. And then you would put out a press release <laughs> yeah. and we'll run it on the site. So, I mean, and that's neither here. I mean, that's not, I mean, obviously, they're just working within the, the media system yeah. that we have going on, and that's fine. But I, I think the point of the story is that, you know, it... In theory, we, we hope anyway that, that it may have worked, that by putting it out online, it did generate interest. People did go and buy it. Well, part we of hope. the con- – I mean it was actually – that's what they wanted, but the story became much more about what retailers were thinking. Mm-hmm. Right. Because – Retailers like, were retail- like, oh, what the hell are they doing? Why are you marketing your book? Right. Why are you doing crazy marketing? <laughs> And fucking us. <laughs> well, I mean, it, I, I guess it is every- kind of. I mean, if I was a, it would be like, okay, uh, I'm, uh, I sell CDs, yeah. and you're uh, a comp, you know, like you're uh, Radiohead, mm-hmm. and here, here's the CD you can buy from uh, us at wholesale and sell in your store, mm-hmm. but I'm also going to put it online for free. Right. I mean, as a as as a store owner, I would go. Well, why would anyone buy it for me? Well, I'm obviously going to cut orders on this because people aren't going to come in. But that way it. of thinking, it, with with that way of thinking, you would everybody who owns any sort of retail business selling any product that you can also well knowingly get for free. I mean, right. that, in that way of thinking, every record store <clears throat> that is a chain or non chain would be shut down because. Music Nobody has been free online, well, I just, and, and, I just, not, and, and it's huh. not hidden. I mean, everybody knows where to get free. Well, music I just online. thought about like television, free television, you know, yeah. free television every day. You know, it's yes. like DVDs sales for you know television Giant. shows yes. have grown. You know, it's like people watch it and buy the DVDs. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, well, we're talking about this thing was put out for free on MySpace. It's right. not like you. I don't think you could download it. You had you to go. I mean, it. first of all, MySpace. Anybody go to fucking MySpace? Like you have fucking epilepsy. It's like having an epileptic seizure looking at MySpace. So it's not a great place to read a comic. I just um, host my webcams there. I don't. Uh, <laughs> and they're free. They're, I mean, they're, I it, it annoys me a little bit that we. Well, first of all, that we would even be in a situation where, as a news story, we would go to retailers and ask, "Hey, what do you think about this?" Or "What do you think about that?" Because. It's a company trying to do. I mean, to market their product. Yes, we're not. Th- we're, we're not a place where people put out new books and sell f- two million fucking copies. Mm-hmm. If we're in a b- business where I'm going to be doing well to sell four thousand copies in the fucking world, right? You better believe I'm going to get creative with the way I'm trying to do anything. Well, and God, and now. fuck anybody who tries to come well, along and put, say, put, "Well, put, I don't put know." Free copies of, of comics is nothing new. It's in my top of the stack. Yeah. Resurrection. Go to CBR and you can. Yeah. View the the first the first issue for free. The only difference is that Boom did this what the day that it, same that day. it dropped sure. same day. So it's not it's not a month. No, but you know what you made a, you just made a really good point that I, didn't, I hadn't really thought about is that retail. You know, it's like okay, I have a product I'm going to try and sell to the world. Yes, I'm not going to go to the smallest segment of 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 sales mm-hmm. and let them dictate yeah, and how check I, and see if it's okay if it's if okay I if i market my book yeah that i didn't really you know you know what I mean? it's like okay i'm gonna go to myspace yeah. and give this away to for free to try and get a hundred thousand people to look at it yes and then maybe come and buy the second one right yeah should i not promote my book because the 200 300 retail stores left in the u.s are going to be mad at me right or and, should i 
Then, and and Heffman, I would rather, Heffman like, may not it, carry it anyway because it's right. boom. It's or, not like it's Marvel or two copies. Yeah, yeah, so exactly. Should I get my two copies put in your store, never to be your store, never order another version of it again, or put it online and like what we've been saying, give my book the time. Uh, we, we work within a system right now. Where it's like I put my book out. If it doesn't sell all that it's going to sell the first month it's out. Three months before it's out. Three months before yeah. it's out. We never hear from the book again <laughs> right. because we, uh, we've we lost the concept of building an audience. Yeah. Uh, here these guys are going, hey, if we put this online, there's a possibility of building an audience over time. Right. So, yeah, if I can let two, three hundred thousand people who will eventually find their way to my website and look at my thing – Fuck yeah, I'm gonna do it, and I don't care. You know, I don't care what because we just we it's such a fucked up little weird system. Well, it's right. not it's, it's not even losing the concept concept of developing an audience. the The business model is it's we already, already have, pre, it's we already, already pre, have the audience. That's yeah. all we're getting. Yeah. Well, it's we're not getting any, that you know. the audience is going to do nothing but shrink. It's that's how it's built right, in, right. and that's how they print stuff. And and you know, we actually there are some yeah, printing stories. It's set week, up so, to fail yeah. almost for anyway. You know, it's like mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Well, that um, was, oh. you you had mentioned one, and, and kind of on the on the same idea of of getting stuff for free, that kind of stuff. You told me about uh, this thing in Canada that uh, Quebecore. No, no, no. That's no. the printing thing. But about the uh, uh, the the five dollar tax on. Oh, I just happened to read an article uh, actually before we left work uh, today, and I don't know the full details of it. But it was they were trying to pass legislature in Canada because uh, you know of all the, the the money that is being lost from the know, dollar downloads. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no electronic. Yeah, download. This is about music. About uh, oh, okay. electronic downloads. Uh-huh. The music industry is losing all this money. Blah blah blah. Um, they were trying to in Canada. They were trying to pass some some legislature where they would basically tax anyone with a internet connection. So right. you would be taxed an additional say five dollars a month. Yeah. But for that, you could download any song you wanted. It was basically legal to download any music that was out there to share any music. Okay. And they would take that five dollar tax then and pay the record companies and the artists right. based on what music was being shared the most, you know, like a percentage sort of thing. Because they, they could kind of they could yeah. track that, like mm-hmm. what file, especially if it's sort of legalized. Right. Um, and I just th- I thought that was you know kind of an interesting concept. You know, instead of like music, you know, music industries you know are losing and getting nothing from illegal downloads. Yeah. What a great they're way trying to, pull to regulate your, it. Your they're trying. They're the trying. And, well, yeah, that's yeah. They're trying to regulate it and trying to you know uh, you know legislate things so that you know it stops, which it's not going to no. happen. Never stop. At least this gives them ability to generate some revenue from it. I don't know. It's, I, it, a, it's an interesting. It's a rocky. You're, you're stepping into rocky ground there because you know it, it's the same thing. I mean, you know, they've tried to tax or charge for emails here because mm-hmm. we were chipping into the postal service revenue. Right. They're still talking now they're talking about uh tax on uh phone like another tax on all phone calls. Right. Uh each month even the cell phones. Uh you know, all this kind of stuff because the big it, it, the big corporations are losing a little change. <laughs> and they're not trying to have that, you know what I mean. So we're we're getting into a situation where, say, I download two songs, I'm still paying five bucks versus the dude that downloads right. Well, that's sixty quite, billion yeah, a month, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. So all of a sudden, you're taking something that should be free, and 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 everybody is getting. I mean, if you can't regulate your product. That's your fucking, you know what I mean? That's like, well, but that's like, that's like going back something. to the you wild, know, wild west. I mean, it's been like, like seven or hey, I, you know what? You rob stage coaches. We're gonna let you rob stage coaches as long as you give us 
a buck. You know, it's, yeah. it's real you know what I mean? <laughs> Anyone that I don't, this is probably a very midwestern thing, but uh, anyone that has uh, cable or, or or satellite that is familiar with the Big Ten network, that's basically kind of what's going on with that. Is that your cable rates are going up around here, and it's because the Big Ten network is charging the cable companies. Yeah, now, I don't even want the goddamn Big Ten. Yeah, I, it's, I, I don't really care what you know. Well, that's up if you of I and Wisconsin. So basically, these customers are having to pay whether they're watching yeah. this or not. Right. So it's kind of the same well, idea. Well, in a, yeah. well, I mean that's that's because I mean the cable companies getting a product, trying to give it, to, but this is a situation where they're basically saying. We think you're all stealing, and we're going to make you all pay. Yeah. Well... And that's fucked up. The reality of it is we probably... <laughs> Everybody <laughs> probably is stealing, but, I mean, it's a, t- it, it's a dangerous road to walk no, down... it certainly is. ...when your government passes a law that, sa- that says... You're all stealing, so you're going to pay. But, I mean, if you market... I mean, if you went... Oh, hey, you know what? If you pay an extra five bucks a month, you can download any song. You can share and download any but song music you want. But when does it become ten? See, well, they're, yeah. they're not passing a law that says you get to do whatever you want. They're passing a law that says they can now charge, charge you, whatever you whatever they, they, want, they want, whenever they want, yeah. for just being sure online. Not. So they make it sound like, but look! <laughs> but it's okay! It's about <laughs> all the stagecoaches you want! And then all, all the of a sudden, there's a big fucking fence <laughs> in a front of your pasture. <laughs> yeah. Talk about, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Now it's $45 a month. But I do like the fact that that it's starting to be recognized that you know what you you can't well, just they bury, have no choice you, but yeah, you, you can't bury your head in the sand and and, and ignore yeah. it which um it's because uh, they're starting to lay off people it's like every major yeah. music well it means you know what uh Run i just to me it means there's going to be less and less of these fuck stick uh musicians out there that don't know how to perform live and can't go on tour and <laughs> i like agree with that days. i said that I mean, in the beginning, where, I, that's I where said, music you know, used to live. It will force on, people to produce better music. You can't yes. put out one one catchy song yes. and charge me fifteen dollars yeah. for a CD of bullshit. Yeah, because I want to hear one of your catchy songs sure. that, that yeah. was produced. It'd be like the you know, it, it, uh, keep stealing music so we can have like fucks like Akon die, right? Like make <laughs> you know, like tell me that motherfucker can sing live, <laughs> whatever. He walks around with an iPod connected to everything <laughs> yeah. in his life. Well, you know, I was talking to uh, uh, Windorf, Dave Windorf of Monster uh-huh. Magnet, and this has been probably a, a month or so ago, and we were talking about uh, when the, the Radiohead thing, yeah. and I asked him his opinion on that, and, and, and uh, chit-chatted about it, and I, and I asked him about touring. It's like, you know, really the only way for a lot of bands to make any money is to go on tour. And he's like, you know, anymore, it, it is still really hard to, to turn a nut by by going on tour it's it's still really cost prohibitive it costs a lot of money to go on tour and you have things now like gas prices have made it extremely prohibitive for a lot of bands to go well on i would tour. think for him is you know well, it's different too because I mean, he's yeah. i mean a lot of his fan base now is in europe and sure. outside of the u.s and i but, mean the dollar he, being so weak in the u.s mm-hmm. having to go over there and, and well one of the things that he said is you know i asked him you know because he's going to do some he's going to do some monster magnet stuff it looks like here in the next year and i asked him if he if he does any any u.s dates if he'll come to chicago and he said that absolutely because chicago in his opinion, anyway, is one of the last real happening live music cities in in the U.S. That just the live music scene in general is very down in the country. Hmm. So, yeah, so that was that was his rapping. take on it. So rappers, 
Damn, yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> the rapper, yeah. What? Just a kid. <laughs> so anyway, oh well, it does bring up. I was going to say uh, the the whole Canadian thing does bring up a story that came out this week about uh, Q, uh, Quebecor, Quebecor yeah. uh, the printing company that's. Two hundred or two point five billion dollars yeah. in debt. Uh, they do all, a lot of the printing for Marvel and DC, and that's I mean they print every. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, magazine, yeah, almost huge printing, printing, yeah, 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 gigantic yeah. printing corporation. But they also happen to print a lot of comics, almost and, all comics. Yeah, yeah. and um, and they're two basically billion going out. Of, they're basically going out of business, yeah. and and, uh, and because of the, the shift week, in the weak dollar, yeah, I mean the, the shift dollar. in the in the. American dollar is yeah. so weak compared to the Canadian dollar that the the, you know, the, the price, price is, used to offset each other. Right. Yeah, now it's fucked. But, oh sure. So I wonder, you know, what that's going to do to to printing and and uh, you know American comics here in the next year or so. Well, I, I think it, more I think in it's the U.S. or I think it's more of an issue for Korea. Quebecor than it is for comics. I mean, comics are going to get printed somewhere. But, well, but certainly something that is interesting. Why Quebecor? I mean, this has turned into like this very um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, the relationship yeah. when it's a I have dynamic, uh, um, symbiotic, symbiotic relationship. I'm yes, thank you. Thrown out uh, we're pretty deep <laughs> over here at, at, at AC, folks. <laughs> What's not, the word? Not, not the brain cells loose. It's turned into I, the way I understand it anyway, which is not very well. Uh, a very symbiotic relationship between Quebecor and Diamond. I mean, Diamond has one place to go get all their comics, and so you know, I, I, I don't know how this will shake out if different. Well, publishers that's not true. Really? They don't have only one place to go get their. I mean, well, I mean, they can print them, wherever the, they want. But the majority of them, and I'm sure that those are those are shipped. Um, are they shipped directly to Diamond from from Quebecor? Yeah, but I mean, uh, that's the situation, right? It is mm-hmm. right now, but I don't see it as being prohibitive uh, in the future. I mean, the only reason that that companies go to that went to Quebecor in the first place because it was cheap. It was cheaper because mm-hmm. of the, the offset of the, the the worth of the dollar, yeah. and, and, the and now it's not anymore. That. Now it's not. So I mean. But this has nothing to do with their. I mean, I mean, it has a little bit to do with their being in debt. But it seems more like mismanagement. I mean, you don't get two hundred. Yeah, you yeah. don't get two billion dollars in debt because the dollar changes. Yeah, yeah, billion. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it has some effect to it, but yeah. there's something else. Yeah, but obviously, I mean, we. It's a story for comics, but I mean. We are probably the blip in their printing schedule. Right? They print, I mean, yeah, they print like Time. Yeah, and, I mean, you know, yeah, we're talking about like yeah, the big and, magazines of of the world. Right. But I don't. It's got to be affecting them too. But it will be interesting to see if any of that printing comes back across the, the border. Yeah. To like Brenner, Brenner's a big mm-hmm. printer in. The, in I think I'm sure Texas. it will. That's like, that prints. Quality. And I know Image at some point, I think Image did some printing did through Brenner. And, yeah. um, so there's some printers yeah. in America. Sure. Oh, absolutely. And I think Marvel is already using some printers in like Korea and other places anyway. Yeah. Uh, smaller, you know, stuff. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I doubt that we'll see any. I print my thing. stuff on the moon. Well, <laughs> it's because it's awesome. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> it right. like floats. All right. Uh, what else we got in in the new? Oh, here I wanted to talk about the naked woman Wonder Woman controversy that's <laughs> that's hit the, the interweb. The, the painted Wonder Woman. Yeah, for those of you you may not know, because I didn't know until I happened to run across a post on it. But uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, in February, tragedy has struck. Yes, in February's issue of Playboy, there's a uh, a woman on the cover. Uh, 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 what's her name? Uh, I can't. I, I can't. Uh, naked bitch. Na- Tiffany Fallon. Okay. Tiffany Fallon. She's a Reality TV person. I think she was on like that Donald Trump show for a little. Like she a was. Week. Uh, what was the uh, the Paris Hilton? She has a great. Track. Yeah, the, she uh, was on that. She the, has a great ass. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic ass. But anyway, she's on the cover of Playboy and inside with a painted on Wonder Woman kind of like costume, and the uh, the the inside of the issue uh, kind of uh, 
trumpets her up to be a, a Wonder Woman for a new age. Yeah, Wonder Woman <laughs> for a new age kind of thing. And and people around the internet have taken offense to this, saying yeah. that first, you know, it's like you shouldn't show a, a, a basically yeah. a naked Wonder Woman. We shouldn't woman. objectify women in, I mean, comic book women. <laughs> and, That's crazy talk. And uh, and then the other thing is that you know why this woman would be trumpeted as this the Wonder Woman for a new age. I mean, fem- feminists obviously have always. I mean, it goes Gloria Steinem and 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 Wonder Woman have a, a history together. I mean, she's but uh, do these motherfuckers? Do, do the people that are bitching? Do they know that this is not the issue one of Playboy? <laughs> well, right. Thing, you know, this, is, this like, is not the first issue of this. That, magazine. Well, that's the weird thing. It's like it's Playboy, so of yeah. course. I mean, yeah, yeah, I don't understand that part of it. I, I guess I do understand. And do people not really, a little bit? Yeah, but that, like say like, oh, there's why would they say that she's the new Wonder Woman of New York? Do you know how many fucking taglines are released every day <laughs> of some generic <laughs> well, metaphor is, of look? Oh, this guy is the new blah 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 blah. It Who said uh, here. I'll actually read what it said. It said, you know, the painted lady on our cover is Playmate of the Year 2005, Tiffany Fallon, but to usher you into the cover story, Sex in America. We recast her as that champion of truth, justice, and American sensuality, Wonder Woman. <laughs> Not the American way, but American T- sensuality. Tiffany, a modern-day Linda Carter, has been honing her TV skills. She appeared on The Simple Life with Paris Hilton, became a weekly co-host for IFL's Battleground, and accompanied her country music star husband, Joe, Rune, Joe Don Rooney. Joe Don. To uh, numerous award shows. Um, I spent, I a, lot, I spent people, a lot of time with Linda Carter as a kid, and she is no Linda Carter. She is no Linda Carter. And I think that's one of the other things that people had had sort of a, taken offense with is that Linda Carter is a straight-up feminist. Very strong. <laughs> Linda Carter got paid to play a motherfucking role. Well, no, no. People I'm saying stop digging yeah. deeper than this shit is. <laughs> Wonder Woman is a product. She is not a fucking entity. She is fake. Well, she's an entity uh-huh. in some way. She's an iconic figure. She's an iconic figure, but you, people got people in comics got to start realizing that she exists in a wholly different way to the regular public. The same way Superman does, the same way Batman does. What do you mean? I'm joking. <laughs> what? what do you mean? She doesn't fly through the windows? And you are melting my movies? world. I'm just well, saying. no, but I think that's that's part of the. To my dad, he is aware of Wonder Woman because right. of a TV show that came on, and because he will see things. It's a, it's a, it's no different than seeing the fucking Sprite logo or something that you see every day, or the Budweiser logo, or the Budweiser, <laughs> or girl, the Taco or, Bell dog. Yes, <laughs> it's the same thing to the, to the majority of America. Sure, right. So when you paint this on a, a, a girl that is going to be seen by more than the two hundred thousand comic book fans, uh, people are going to be like, oh. Uh, what was that show back in the seventies? <laughs> Linda Carter. With Linda Carter. Remember? Oh, she was Charlie's hot. Angels. No, yeah. no, no, not Charlie's Angels. It's uh, just wild. It is fucking wild that people. That the only people that are going to get really bent out of shape about this are comic book fans and a very yeah. small segment of comic book fans. I'm not saying it's wrong or right, mm. but I think we need to kind of step back and look at who is really going to be miffed off about this. I mean, the, yeah, uh, the feminist thing to me is is. I mean, I, I understand there's feminists in the world, and I'm not at all trying to say people should not stand up for what they believe in. But it's 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 it, it falls into the war scenario, right? Eh, we're gonna go stop fucking stop evil over here, but I just because it, I know we get our oil from there, but <laughs> we're not gonna go stop evil ever. It's like you can't be a fucking backseat feminist, right? I mean, and, and be like. Well, I'm into comics, and oh my god, there's a Wonder Woman. I am totally on this feminist story. Right. Like I said, this is not the first issue of Playboy. <laughs> so if if that, I want to see somebody bitching about Playboy once a month, like every time an issue every hits the stands. 
I want to see. I want to see that what same person that online on a message board. Well, that battle's already been lost, I guess. So it's like you can't win that one. Well, and then I want them and... to take again. I want somebody to t- the first two things. Anybody who bitches, I want you to email around comics your fucking browser history with unedited. <laughs> and I swear to God, if there's not a if there's a porno site on there, you get punched in the mouth. <laughs> Uh, because I'm sure that girl with getting shit blasted all over her face, that's real feminista. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. All right? And then second, I want you to take the fucking cover of this Playboy, go down to your local comic book shop, and you walk do, along do, the stairs and do a, fuck, yeah, do a fucking side-by-side comparison. And if you tell me that the cover of this Playboy magazine... It's not even half as sexual you, yes. as the shit you see on the stand. That's what I'm well, saying. I'm, walk up and down the aisles, yeah. motherfuckers. Are you guys starting to yeah. see that we're kind of in this... Kind like, of retarded? Four, well, <laughs> we're kind of in this four- or five-month cycle where there just seems to be a story like this. How long ago was it the Mary Jane doing laundry statue? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, well, I think it's a small group of people that are looking to promote their own agenda of things. But I think a lot of times it comes off as attacking things frivolously. And, and I, you know, I guess you can't, you can't ever let your guard down if you're trying to defend something like feminism. But at I the th- same I think time, the advice like, would be ignore it and it will go away. Well, that's the thing. I didn't know this even existed until, until I happened to see it deal. on a blog about comic books about a woman complaining about it. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that, I, it, I, you know, I don't read Playboy. Right. I don't... Would never have even seen it, yeah. and now it's gotten way more play than it probably ever would have. Nobody, you know, most people probably wouldn't even have known it happened. <laughs> I, I'd say that this will probably turn into Playboy's biggest selling issue in quite a long time. But there just aren't that many comic fans out there. <laughs> yeah, well, um, but you know, and the other thing is too, it's like Wonder Woman as an iconic figure. I mean, people forget that Wonder Woman was created by a fetishist that yeah. dug the idea of. Binding women and spanking them, lived, and lived with, with two chicks, his wife and his <laughs> and mistress. Yeah, and, and it's not like she was created as this, you know, yeah. virtue, this yeah. statue. Of, yeah, you know, no dude sat in a room and went, "Man, I'm totally gonna create, create a, a feminist character, character of yeah. power." And yeah, no, Com- it had nothing to do with that. And I don't want to. This isn't relegated to only comic book fans because music fans do this, movie fans mm-hmm. do this. Uh, people, fa- fa- obviously, we see musicians all the time that are like, "Look, I'm not your fucking role model." I mean, sports athletes. We've got to get. It, it, for some reason, in this country, we find things that we look up to and like so much that we try to canonize every, it. Yeah, everybody kind of... takes it and turns it into something that it, this is mine, and I this is what it, it is. Yeah, yeah. But really, it's just a fucking product. It's a. These are just products. You know what I mean? Nobody is sitting around. Creating stuff, going, oh, I'm, I'm going to totally create the new, like the the thing icon that, that, icon, of, that this, somebody <laughs> this stands for something, and people will use this and fight, walk on and fight <laughs> for this. It's a fucking product. It was a product when it was created. It's a product now. It'll be a product tomorrow. When when uh, not not Black Panther. <laughs> no, that's for real. That's some for real shit. I, I guess we do need to make an exception. Uh, uh, Black Panther and fucking Buffy. That's real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Buffy. Well, I mean, I, Buffy. I think what you're talking about, and it, and it's something that, that I think fans <clears throat> just need to be aware of. There is a fine line between fandom and taking ownership of something that you don't own. And you, well, yeah, I mean, that's just. I mean, we see that so much. It's like you don't. We don't. Companies treat these characters like what they are they are products to sell they're Mm -hmm. trying to sell books trying to you know fans treat them like they are family Mm -hmm. like they are you know their children and i understand that and appreciate it to some degree but at some point you have to you know 
I guess I could understand it more if it was like my kids. Right. You know, if you're 10, 12 years old and, you know, it's like, I, you know, and that's probably the only thing I can see from this is like if my daughter was a big Wonder Woman fan, I wouldn't want her to see this depiction of Wonder Woman. No, but you but would, I wouldn't you want would her also to see go, the depiction. You, would, you also, what you would say, I wouldn't want my daughter to see this, but at the same time, Playboy's not made, made to be seen by... Exactly. My daughter's not going to come in... You wouldn't say they shouldn't make this. No, no, not at right. all. Of course not. I, uh, but at the same... I was going to say at the same time, I don't know that I would want my daughter to see the Wonder Woman on that the is shelves, on yeah. the shelves. Yeah. Uh, the covers and, and the, the way that they depict Wonder Woman on the shelves. I mean... Has like anybody my, seen an Adam Hughes Wonder Woman cover? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, damn. Yeah. Jesus. I mean, it's, it's definitely more explicit than than the cover of this playbook. Yeah. I mean, even the cover, you don't actually... I mean, I didn't, no even, realize, I didn't even realize it was painted on until yeah. I read that it was painted I just went, oh, I it was kind of spandex looking. Yeah. I didn't even realize it. You know, I was like, oh, okay. It's painted on, but it's not like... Yeah, I mean, it, it, it make a huge you know deal. I would tell these people they need a hobby, but I see what they do with their hobbies, <laughs> right? <laughs> they they go insane with them and turn into fucking revolutionists. Maybe they need revolutionaries. A job. Maybe they need a job. Yeah, maybe they need a yeah, drop your hobby and get a Less fucking hobbies. job. Fewer, fewer you get a part-time yeah. job. Yeah. Jesus Christ! <laughs> All right. That's uh, hey, um, Macworld this week. Macworld, yeah, they came out. Scotty's got some new toys he wants to buy from yeah, Scotty Apple. Wa- Scotty wants an Air, a new uh, Mac Air. What do you? Oh, uh, they're pretty badass. Those um, things are thin. How, how are things crazy? checking out with your? You have an uh, Apple TV. Yeah. Now, have you figured out? What there's like some upgrade you have to maybe buy, and then you can um, watch in HD. true HD that kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I okay. think they announced that now that that you, there's like a upgrade, the, for, Apple upgrade for Apple TV where you can yeah that was the only downside is their online content was very you know for well, now big, they're, for big flat screens it wasn't the best content it was, the best quality now yeah. they're going to be offering a rental yes of HD stuff yeah. um uh, I, I checked some of the prices and uh, older movies I, I don't know if they put a date to it if it's over a year since it's been released on DVD or whatever two ninety nine for older movies three ninety nine for newer releases. You can once you rent it, you have uh, thirty days to start watching it, and once you start watching it, you have twenty four hours to conclude it before it locks out. That's how I understand it. That, see, that seems a little weird. I mean, the twenty four hours to have to watch it because mm-hmm. once, like, once you start, start once playing, you start it, once well, you start I don't know. But what if like I got to stop it halfway through and then I don't come back for two days? Well, you're kind of screwed. That seems like kind of bullshit. I should mm-hmm. get it. I mean, if I rent some, if I rent a movie, I get five days mm-hmm. before I have to return it. I'm paying the same, basically, and I actually yeah. But tomorrow, but tomorrow when it's negative fourteen degrees, and you don't want to schlep your ass to a blockbuster, 
That's why I got Netflix. That's why you got Netflix. And on demand on mm-hmm. Comcast. Yeah. Uh, the HD rentals, I think, are even going to be a little bit more. I think they're going to be, well, of I course. think, four ninety nine, five ninety nine, so like five or six bucks for the HD rentals. And I believe that is only available through Let's Apple Let's get TV. Dave Wachter on here to complain about HD. Nah. <laughs> I tell you what, I, uh, <laughs> I did, speaking of Netflix, I got Planet Earth. In this week, and anyone with an HD TV and an, any sort of HD or Blu-ray player, get Planet Earth Planet because Earth. it's freaking awesome. Oh, it's awesome. fucking amazing! Yeah, yeah. It is awesome. it's, it's I, there's not much to talk about besides it just looks freaking amazing. You see shit you won't see anywhere mm, else. It's great. I uh, I watched six hours of uh, Bad Western this week. The uh, uh, Comanche Moon aired on CBS, which was the uh, follow up or not follow up, but the final uh, story. No, it's not. No, no. no. Well, lo- uh, for those who don't know, uh, back in the eighties, uh, CBS did a, a six-hour miniseries called Lonesome Dove, and it was based on the book by Larry McMurtry, Lonesome Dove, um, and it was about these two retired uh, Texas Rangers who are like living on a ranch, and they decide to go on like one last adventure, and it was starring Tommy Lee Jones and Robert Duvall. Uh, Rick Schroeder was in it, and it was awesome. It was one of my favorite westerns. I watch it like once a year. It's phenomenal. Uh, Comanche Moon was the first book in the series from Lonesome Dove. There's like five of them. Uh, and No, I'm sorry. It's actually the second one. And it, it's a story of the same characters, Gus McRae, played by Robert Duvall. And, they're young. Uh, and, but they're younger. They're, they're probably like 30s in Comanche Moon. And so they they just released the Comanche Moon on CBS this last week, and Steve Zahn played Robert Duvall's character of Gus McRae, a younger Gus McRae, and uh, the, some like Keith. It's not Keith Urban, but the guy's last name is Urban, and he played uh, uh, Tommy Lee Jones' character. But uh, it was awful. <laughs> really, it was it was really bad. I mean. You can't compare. I mean, when you have oh, a Val, cast, Val Kilmer? Val Kilmer was in it. Uh, when you have a cast like Tommy Lee Jones and Robert Duvall, Top those that. two guys, yeah, it's really hard to 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 do. So to try and recapture that with guys now, and it was not good. But st- it seemed like I the writing give, was probably more the pro- was the writing more the problem. Yeah, than the, the acting was bad. Like I don't think I. Well, first off, like any Indian that you've seen in a movie right. or TV for the last decade was in it, like an American. In, and like, yeah, any American Native Indian, American, Native American, anybody that has right. you know been in, you know, and any any actor who's a Native American was in it. Right. Um, but I don't think I've I've seen worse accents, yeah. like either Native American accents or Mexican accents yeah. from Native Americans or Mexicans. I mean, these people are were, were are Mexican yeah. or are Native American and can't fake an accent yeah. of their own culture. I couldn't get that. They were awful, awful, just horrible. They probably. They probably could have been better, but the time that spent preparing for the roles was spent jerking off to Wonder Woman Playboy covers. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, yeah. but I will say Steve Zahn was phenomenal. He was the only part. As in always, it. He, he did the best sort of impersonation of Robert Duvall without being without like man. being like without doing a caricature. He just did enough of the little things that Robert Duvall does when he's acting, when he's speaking, the way he says things, the way he uses his hands when he talks. He just did enough of that. To really pull it off, and he was—that was the only part of it that was good. Actually, the the last because it was in two-hour increments. There was right. three two-hour. The last two hours were okay, and because it was mostly him, um, and he was great. But the rest of the show was awful, and it, right. I, I felt bad because. But but that I watched that this week, and uh, and I just had to give Steve Zahn some credit, some props. Yeah, he's awesome. He's, he is. He awesome. is good. But uh, pretty sweet. Anything. Steve Zahn's pretty Steve sweet. Steve Zahn's pretty sweet. He is yeah. pretty sweet. 
All right, we got anything else uh, on our minds this week that we uh, we did anything? Nothing. Watch know. anything? Read anything? Watch The Wire. The Wire. Fourth, mm. fourth season of The Wire, which is awesome. Fucking amazing. That was one of my favorite seasons of The Wire. Uh, it was really with the fucking, kids yeah. and the school. The kids, oh, I'm still bummed it. about Mikey. The child acting in that show is, is so good. just amazing. Yeah. And uh, Snoop, I found out today. Snoop, the like tomboy girl. Yeah. I uh, found out today she spent a lot of years in prison. Yeah, and, and, and wrote a book when she got out of prison. Oh, really? Yeah, wrote a was author of basically her story. No kidding. And yeah, uh, she's from Baltimore, so like she actually well, lives a, in the city that the show takes place in. I watched. Uh, they had like before the fifth season started on HBO. Yeah. They had a little thing like a half hour the making of type make, thing. Yeah, yeah, kind of, and they just interviewed a lot of uh. a lot of the actors and everything, and. They kept asking – like one of the things they asked and then they would go to each of the people and sure. get their answer was, you know, who's your favorite character? And like 90% of them, it was all Snoop. Snoop. And everybody was like, because she's real. Because that's the street. She, she is. is from I, – I hate that character and I mean that in the best way. <laughs> I hate I, – every time I see her, it's like, oh, I hate her. And it's – it's yeah, because she's so I actually convincing. don't – I mean like uh, going, to, going to school in the south – Mm. Uh, in Tennessee, there were you know questionable neighborhood. I mean, in, in your in South <laughs> sure. is already a sl- slightly uh, you know Bristol's already was a slightly poor city in the first right. place. But you do watch like watching her watching that whole show. Sometimes you're just like Jesus Christ. Uh, you, you're like this, this is the most real I've ever seen this kind of subject matter approach dealt with. Yeah, in the way of you never feel like these are bad. They do bad shit. But just like a lot of times in real life, they're not. It's not like they're bad people. It's just yeah, they're not evil. Here's the fucking situation they're in, right? Yeah. I mean, and it's not like they were just dropped in yesterday. I mean, he, this is the situation that they've been in generation from, from Jump, you know, mm-hmm. from Jump Street. And the Snoop character to me is like, like I think that at some point everybody's known somebody like that, where it's like. To that point where you're just like, fuck, they, you know, like, they're crazy, but <laughs> right. look at, you know, yeah. just like. Right. I can't blame them. Well, it's not even you can't blame them. It's just they're normal. You could probably be friends are. with them. Right. Oh, right? Had, I mean, like, yeah. but crazy they're fucking ass, evil. Crazy like, fucking yeah. people, yeah. Well, it's like, you know, Bodie was one of my favorite characters yeah. in the series. And uh, season four, and I don't want to spoil anything. Season four was yeah. was a hard season for old Boat. Yeah. But, well, going back to Snoop, one of the other things that was funny from that little documentary was. I don't know if you remember, but when her character first showed up in season, season three, three yeah. there's a scene on a motorcycle when she's on the back and they do a drive-by. Mm-hmm. And she's wearing a dress. And she said that was the first time she had ever worn a dress oh, really? in her life was that scene. She had never worn right. a dress before. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious because uh, there's times where you just like – once I afterwards, after I watched the season and I started looking on YouTube's and I found that interview, I went, okay, because at times I was like, this bitch is a great actor <laughs> because her voice. She's so yeah. I mean, she was so convincing yeah. because I mean, she has the you know, it's not an. And then you realize, oh, it's not an actor doing street speak. Right. It's that's just it's the a way dialect. she fuck. And then I saw interviews with her talking about her book and book club interviews with authors and stuff, and she just. That's her. Yeah, She's not putting on a her, goddamn right. thing for <laughs> yeah. that show. Yeah. And do not, not give this person a bad review. <laughs> you will fucking regret it. It's, it's really, uh, it really is. What a great fucking show. I mean, it is. And we talked about that. We've talked about this a few times, yeah. but it's like you've never seen a show deal with 
that type of subject matter in such a way where you you know there are no good guys there are no bad guys it yeah it doesn't people. vilify i mean obviously it, it does say like obviously they're doing illegal shit and they're oh, doing yeah. bad shit but it's not going they're the evil villains we're the he- we're right. the heroes we're the good guys it's yeah. not you know because it, most of the time this is ha- the situation and this is why the drug side of things they're killing people but you hate the fucking politicians sure. just as and much the, and the cops almost more yeah because of how fucking at least the gangsters are real they're like, this is what we do. We're not we're lying. To, we're, we're not trying lying to survive. About it. We're trying to make a living. Yeah, the cops and the and the commissioners and the fucking right. mayors and the whole it's of, all politics and the school and, system. Oh. Fucking a. You well, want to talk I about what pisses you off? That's yeah. what makes the you know it, if they were if they were doing the the street side of it very convincingly, but the um, more the city politics side of it was okay. It would be a really good show, but it's a great show because. The, the city politics and the, the police, the school systems is done so well as yeah, is yeah. the it's, – it's just every I every did, aspect of the show is done so well. And I absolutely love how they continually just show you how it's all the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The life you – know, the drug dealing life, the corner kids and the cops and the politicians, the it's all a reflection. The school – it's all a reflection of, 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 of each society. other. society. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's all the same in its own way but yeah. there's no real – I mean – the the fine line is so fucking yeah. fine. Yeah. And uh, uh, it, it – I mean I think you said when we were talking about it earlier today, it's the best show the best maybe show. ever, ever. Yeah. on television. It's just, just amazing. I mean uh, I've never – in season four of The Wire, hardly anything happens. I mean right, hardly right, anything right. major. As far as like a plot goes. Yeah, a ma- yeah, like yeah. a major events. The other seasons had big cases yeah. and, and they were after a, like a kingpin and, and big things happened. There was resolution the in, fourth on that season, last episode. Yeah, the, the fourth season, it, sh- it goes to show how strong the show is in that nothing really happens. It's right. almost like a giant setup for another season, but it, it just shows how – I couldn't take my eyes off of it. Right. I, there was one night where I went to, I think I went two nights ago, I went to bed at five in the morning because I could, <laughs> I swear to God, I could not stop watching. I thought, one more, one more, one more. And then it's like, can't. oh my God, this is so good. You know? We were talking about on the way up, they're in their last season now. And, and I asked Sal, it's like, I wonder how they're going to, they're going to tie up all these storylines. And they won't. And yeah. I say, yeah, I don't think they will because there won't be an ending because it's real life. Yeah. You know, life doesn't, doesn't end. It doesn't life wrap up on. in a bow. It doesn't. Yeah. It, it's open ended. Yeah. Somebody comes along and takes the place of but that's why I like I mean, motherfuckers die on that show and you don't see it coming. It's not like, ooh, life is crazy and the person who dies, it's always at the end of some big long right, right. chain of events. No. It's like hey, do, 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 da, boom. Da, 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 da. Hey, you heard that's a clack clack yeah. and then they're fucking dead. Oh well, guy that guy that's been around for three seasons dies in like the middle of an episode. That's not the end of the episode. Right. It's yeah. like that is a huge event that's going to change the series and it just happens in the course of an episode and you kind of see it coming but you you, you still don't quite think it will yeah i'm gonna miss, I was I'm really, gonna miss that show though that's for sure because yeah. <laughs> i was really surprised at the fourth season because mcnulty's hardly in it at all yeah he's he's it is weird but yet even though he's not in it they 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 powerfully changed his character yeah, oh, yeah. So even you know he'd be in the show for a minute an episode, but you still understood <laughs> well, where he, was where at he and went. It, yeah. yeah, it's a good fucking. I mean, it's it, to me, it's so well written. It's, it's hands, yeah, it's hands down one of the best shows. I mean, and I could see why a lot of people might stray from it because it suffers from being a show that seemingly is going to be about is like CSI or or you know NYPD Blue because all of a sudden it's just another it's HBO's pers- cop show mm-hmm. and it is. It's so not that, 
that it's I think because I think you had mentioned it's a, it has never won an you know an Emmy. Oh, yeah, it's, it's never, never won, won anything. Right, it's ridiculous. And it's and I think that maybe the problem is that people assume it's one thing. Because how I many you talk about like uh, I've never seen a group of more flawless actors. Oh yeah, uh, the writing is impeccable. I mean everything that everything about it is, is incredible. It David Simon is that yeah, David Simon is the creator. Uh, and he, he, he was a journalist mm-hmm. in Baltimore for years. Some great documentaries. And, uh, the, the, he, what the, the you guys ever been to Baltimore? No, I've never been there. <laughs> well, no, that's not true. I was in uh, Baltimore Airport uh, for about two hours, but I never. <laughs> and that was a shithole. Uh, it was, it was, it was a crazy. shithole. But uh, but I've never actually been in the city of Baltimore at all. Yeah, uh, heard it's pretty. <laughs> pretty goddamn bad. Though. It was pretty it's edgy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> has a certain charm to we it. We went. To, I was charm at a convention. City. I went to the. I've been to the convention a few times, but one time I went and we actually got out and went into the, into city. the city. And we pretty, you know, just like a neighborhood festival, and it was pretty good. And then trying to get back, we were trying to walk. We were pretty far away from the convention center. Went through the western. Wow, man! It was yeah. It was not like you're like this. Is, and why I live in? We live in Chicago. I mean, right. you know. And I was still like, holy, holy shit. shit. <laughs> yeah. This is some fucking scary shit. Just the way, just the, you know, because Chicago still has, I mean, there's, there seems to always be a thriving nightlife. And, and, and I'm not saying nightlife is in clubs, but there's neighborhood pubs everywhere. And when you mm-hmm. have pubs, you have people, people on the street. Out, and yeah. and th- there's, there, that gives you a sense of neighborhood and safety. Right. Uh, because there's, again, it's not clubs. It's not where, you know, just a bunch of. No, you know, it's just fuck. sort of activity. There's, yeah. There's, yeah, there's people. people out. And, and, and like people don't, for, who don't know in Chicago, when you have a neighborhood pub, it, it does feel like, oh, that's my neighbor. Right, right. Because it's a neighborhood place. Yeah, I mean, Chicago is like one big neighborhood. Yeah, it's it really, like a I mean, big, giant, it, small town. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's broken. It is a city of neighborhoods. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everywhere you go, I mean, just about, it's yeah. like. Like you said, it feels very neighborhood, very small town yeah. kind of feel, even though it's this big city. Yeah, uh, because it's all these little neighborhood. But Baltimore, city. but not, not so much. Not so well. Here's the other problem is is like all these other cities. Like we kind of benefit from being so large, I believe, because we can break into neighborhoods mm-hmm. and the neighborhood, then the community. Each neighborhood has their community directors, and you know it's kind of like little small towns. Right. Uh, other cities that aren't as large, I think. I mean, you you have downtown areas that are just shitholes you know what i mean so they're not like our downtown like our downtown you go down there and it's like parks. oh my god it's like art galleries and parks and events and it's beautiful shopping. a giant ferris wheel yeah i mean like you go to go to fucking los angeles and go to their downtown right. I, I it's like up. a, it's like fucking well going into robocop all of a sudden i grew up i grew up in i grew up in and around well, detroit jesus christ so, yeah. well st louis is fucked oh. fuck st louis man hey St. Louis has St. Louis has a downtown that closes up like a suitcase yeah, at like five o'clock, three o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Better get out. It's almost dark. Yeah. It's almost dusk. We I gotta go. <laughs> I swear to God, you'll see motherfuckers on each end of town with six hey, shooters. If there's, if there's not a, if there's not a baseball or a hockey game downtown at yeah. night, it's there's tumbleweed. Which you guys ever, it's been even to worse right now in St. Louis because of all the construction they were doing on the new stadium or like mm-hmm. rebuilding the stadium. So it's still like not only is it all shady and ghetto <laughs> in, at downtown St. Louis, now it's all fucking even worse because it's all construction. Construction, like dirt and cinder blocks and cranes. You guys ever been to Detroit? I drove through there on the way to Canada. Oh, man. Detroit's bad. Not as bad. I mean, it was worse 
probably ten years ago. But right. it's still fun. Sorry to everybody who lives in the towns that were different. Yeah, that were towns. But it's, don't get me wrong. There are parts of Chicago that are fucking Beirut as well. I mean, well, yeah, well the, the difference between Chicago and, and we, we talk about the city a lot on here, but the difference between Chicago and a lot of other uh, U.S. cities is that is that the city here is still very residential, and yeah. you get into a lot yeah. of other cities. No one lives in St. Louis. The population of St. Louis is like a hundred thousand. Yeah, the suburbs, yeah, there's three right. three point one million yeah. people live in the suburbs. Right. A hundred thousand people live in St. Louis. Yeah, we have like what, like three, four million, three, yeah. three and a half three million, million in the city in the proper, city. Yeah. and then what, eight, oh, yeah, nine, nine, million, nine, yeah, nine in the, in the suburbs, something so, like that. Yeah, it's it's really like. You know, different cities that are kind of yeah. stuck together. So, yeah, so we, we don't mean to, we don't mean to rip on everybody's. City, no, right? yeah, I mean if I go to a city and it's a fucking scuzz bucket <laughs> shithole, I'm gonna tell you about it. How's how's uh, Bristol? Huh? Bristol? <laughs> oh, oh boy, Bucktown. That's what we called it. Yeah, that was a Maytag town. Fucking Bucktown, boy. I almost I almost moved to Bristol. Bristol, Virginia, Bristol, Tennessee. Yeah, my dad. Well, it's, it's dad. half and half. We had a state street. Half the street was Tennessee, half the street was Virginia. Yep. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. It was always good skating because if cops would come on one end, we'd skate across the street and be like, fuck you! <laughs> and we're free and clear. Well, my dad worked for uh, Maytag. And there was a. Uh, was it Maytag? No. It was Maytag point. Or a Magic Chef. No, it's. Um, what's. The, Hoover. Not Hoover. Uh, what's another vacuum? Electrolux or. Electrolux? That's an old vacuum company. Yeah, but yeah. Electrolux is there. It's, yeah. I think that's oh, the really? one. Yeah, there was, there was a main company yeah. was was there. And, uh, and we yeah, we almost went. We, we could have gone to high school together. <laughs> How old are you? 34. Yeah, no, we wouldn't have went to high school together. Just <laughs> <laughs> called me old. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, speaking of cities that I want to go to, um, you're heading out uh, Seattle Way in May? I guess. <laughs> you don't know. I don't know what it is. I just yeah, your secretary. Yeah, I think yeah. I think you're signed up to go to Emerald City. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and make it this year. So. Are you going out? I'm gonna try to. I'm going yeah. with you. Can I stay yeah. in your room? Yeah. <laughs> no. No. Well, I let people stay in my room. <laughs> I doing, used to. Are you doing New York in April? No. Okay. I think I'm the only one that's going. I'm, to I'm New going York. to Emerald City because they're flying me out, and I've never been to Seattle. And mm-hmm. uh, Jim, the, the guy who's putting on, is really cool. Cool with me, and I've known him for a while. But I'm still laying off cons for a while. I'm. I'm just not ready. I'm not ready, man. <laughs> I'm just not ready. Well, you got to actually start working on some comics again sooner. No, or later. I am. I've, some, uh, this this past couple weeks have been pretty hardcore as far as designs and yeah, they... working on designs. Yeah. Um, when do you think you'll be able to announce what you're working on next? Probably within probably within this month. Like by the end of February, everybody should know. Cool. Um, yeah, it's just been a matter of me getting some designs stuff together, and yeah, sweet. Cool. Yeah, Which I've cool. seen some of. You were nice enough to show yeah. me some of the stuff. Pretty awesome. Pretty sweet. Yeah. People are going to be so. It's it's it been a big build up to like this mysterious next project. <laughs> People are going to be so fucking let down when they realize what it is. Ultimate, oh. ultimate Ghostbusters. What? Yeah. Howard the Duck. Yeah. <laughs> I just, no spandex. I'll just say that now. No spandex. Everybody's walking away right now. Oh fuck that <laughs> shit. There are powers. Huh? Yeah, there's some powers there's involved some in it. Crazy some magic, shit. magic, maybe, uh, maybe some uh, animals. You guys are gonna give it away. Stop. Yeah, I'm not saying up. shit. It's not no I superheroes. Don't I don't even know what it is. I just <laughs> he just saw designs for it. Yeah, it could be anything. Yeah. Um, Why is there a tranny in your book? <laughs> well, I assume that was gonna happen. <laughs> All right. Well, that uh, that's another episode. I think. Yeah. Another. Another one in the books. Um, 169. I'd like to remind everyone they can join our Friends of the Program show. Oh, show. Friend of the Program. 
program. I don't know. That's all right. The, the new the new title of the show. No. Friends of the program. Go to show. Around Comics where you can download and print out our LCS Challenge flyer. Ask your comic shop manager or owner if they will display it in their store. If they do, send us an email and we'll mention you and the store on the show as well as post it on our site. Nobody's done that in a while. Yeah, nobody has. Become, maybe we should just stop mentioning it. Become in front of the program today. I think maybe maybe we got everybody. Yeah. There's every, only like five comic Every shops. shop in the world. There's only like six, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think we got them all. Seven and a half. Um, I think we might have that mm-hmm. many. And so. but now that uh, now that Boom put that thing on MySpace, there'll probably be three left. <laughs> probably close them all up. I mean, Boom put out a free copy of a, of a, of a book nobody was going to read. Close shop, folks. Let's go home. It's all it's all done. It's all done. Well, Scotty, <laughs> God you know, damn you, boom. usually this is where we do the iTunes thing, but uh, I got blue-balled this week. Oh, no reviews this yeah, week. No reviews? I got blue-balled. Wow. You know, not this week. Now they all, uh, you know why? Playboy. <laughs> they don't need to come molest you, boy. They can stick their cocks in Wonder Woman. Oh, God. <laughs> so go leave an iTunes review. Chris is feeling neglected. Uh, this episode is sponsored by Inst- or, or was sponsored still by Instagram. I guess it still is. Uh, InStockTrades.com is offering this month's reading selection, the originals to Around Comics listeners, for an amazing 35% off the cover price. Get your copy today for only eleven sixty nine for the soft cover. Or sixteen twenty two for the hardcover. Check out the Eisner winning graphic novel by Dave Gibbons, and then listen to our discussion. <laughs> Dave Gibbons in early February. In stock trades offers a huge selection of the collected editions you need. It's your source for just about anything you could want, comics wise. And remember that all orders over fifty dollars ship for free. And we are proud to help support the Hero Initiative. Hero, Hero creates a financial safety net for yesterday's creators who need emergency hero. medical aid, financial support for essentials of life, and an avenue back into paying work. It's a chance for all of us to give back something to the people who have given us so much enjoyment. For more information, go to heroinitiative.org or call 310-909-7809 and drop a couple bucks their way. And uh, we'll be back again on Monday with uh, whom? Who's going to be here Monday? Some goon. Some goon, Eric Powell. Yes. We talked yes, to Eric Mr. Powell. Powell. How was Mr. Powell doing? Uh, he was doing. He was shopping whenever I, whenever I <laughs> called him. He's, oh, so he really, you know, <laughs> took really it focused. serious. Yeah, he really focused okay, on yeah, his, he was, he was on his interview. No, he was, he was great. What uh, was he buying? Uh, I think Booze, he's at the grocery store. He's buying beer. At the grocery store? Sure. Um, no, he was, uh, he was uh, a very, <laughs> uh, fun guy. You get, a, you get to hear all about uh, his work on Chinatown. and Oh, and uh, you, I should mention, mm-hmm. uh, if you, you turn me on to those Dark Horse interview videos. Are those funny if or If you what? go to the goon. I think it's the goon.com. The goon.com, yeah. He did, they did a bunch like a fake kind of interviews with him, video ones on, on Dark Horse. And it's pretty funny. They were, they were pretty, it's just him being super hillbilly. Oh, yeah. I think he has a out, shotgun out. in every scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, the uh, the uh, goon movie mock movie panel in San Diego was also funny. That was the uh, it's the the last one there. So anyway, you get to hear all about that on uh, on Monday. All right. Well, I would like to thank everyone for joining us today. Or well, just you guys, really. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Mark. Thanks, guys, and thanks to Mark for hosting us as always. Uh, stay warm. It's going to be freezing ass cold here soon, and uh, that's about it. So. Bye. In the meantime, in between time, bye. We'll be everywhere and around. Naked Wonder Woman.
If you would like to suggest a topic, send us your comments, or are interested in becoming a panel member, email us at info at aroundcomics.com or visit the Contact Us section of our website. Music for the show provided by the Podshow Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Views expressed in the interviews or by guests of the show are solely those of the individuals expressing them and do not reflect the opinions of Around Comics. All content of this episode is the sole property of Around Comics. Around Comics is a Pipe Dream production. Copyright 2008. All rights reserved. Thank you for listening today, and remember to join us next time when the panel will change, but our mission will stay the same, bringing you the very best news, reviews, and opinions in and around comics. Yeah. Uh-huh.